0: Welcome back to another episode of the Successful Driver Podcast. Really pleased to be talking today to David Owen, the president of the National Association of Small Trucking Companies. David, really excited to, to talk to you today. Thank you for joining us.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure, Kent. I love doing these kind of things, and particularly with uh, you know industry insiders like yourself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the... Uh, uh, the the topic the successful truck driver is uh is you know as broad as it is long and yeah
0: uh, for sure we're getting a
1: pretty good example we've gotten a pretty good example of how important uh, that role is uh, over the past couple of years uh, just as a way of explanation i'm the president of the national association of small trucking companies and and we're located in Hendersonville tennessee we've been around 33 years mm-hmm. um we started when everybody else thought that uh, the small, full truckload, long-haul, family-owned trucking company would would go the way of the doo-doo bird, and they tricked everybody and decided to stick around. So <laughs> we were lucky to be uh, right for the wrong reasons, and uh, we've certainly prospered. Uh, we've got uh, 33 years is a long time, but we've got now about 14,500 small trucking companies, mm. Uh, in our group, and that represents probably 130,000 trucks and drivers. Wow. Um, we don't own any trucks. We don't dispatch any freight. We don't. Uh, uh, we don't broker any freight. We don't hire drivers. So, wow. we're not in the trucking business, but we help small companies. Pretty much with buying power and advocacy. Um, yeah. we, we're, we're into the fuel buying business. We've got a wonderful fuel program that helps small carriers compete. Mm-hmm. And we're also in, we have an insurance agency. So we write some insurance. We have a software development company. So we write and sell some software, some prior, proprietary software. We do drug and alcohol testing administration for probably 5,000 companies. And, we're in every state in the continental United States. That's about as fast as I've ever done it, by the way. <laughs> but hey. but we're we're not done yet, and uh, 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 we still are getting a very steady flow of new people into the trucking industry. And I think over the next few years, if 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 the politics in the United States get straightened out just a little bit, and they start leaving us alone, let us truck you're going to find that more and more one guy, one truck, one gal, one truck owner operators get their own authority and start Mm -hmm. running. What we think is maybe the most successful business model in long haul trucking. And that is one person, one trailer, one truck. Mm. And, uh, with computers and the way information moves now and what you guys can do on a computer is amazing to me. But, uh, you can run a you can run a truck very profitably, yeah. Um, and 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 it's not it's very the intrigue to driving a truck or having a small trucking company has to do with freedom, running your own show It's the last of the American dreams, you know. Uh, and uh, I think it's here to stay. You know, we've got. How <laughs> uh, <laughs> do too. Uh, there was a statistic that I love to quote. Uh, they did a deal uh, that were like it was a couple of years ago in um, in one of the magazines, uh, trucking by the numbers, and it said there were for hour carriers in the United States. Wow, four hundred and forty one thousand, and only fourteen hundred and thirty seven that had over hundred trucks. Mm. The definition of small, in by the government, and FMCSA is is thirty trucks or less. Mm. So we have four hundred and thirty nine thousand plus companies that are considered small. Mm. Anyhow, um, enough about Nastic. We're uh, growing like a weed. We're adding two or three hundred uh, companies a month, and um, we're rocking and rolling. And we're and we're helping and we, companies that come through our programs and get hooked up with us uh, lower their operating ratio they uh, find better people to drive their truck they improve their csa scores mm-hmm. and they, they get a better rate on their insurance and stay out of trouble and wreck our collective the people that go through our management safety program our collective aggregated loss runs for those i guess maybe three or four thousand trucks now nine and the break-even point in the industry in the insurance industry is 65 percent so wow. that that's a that's an amazing status yeah,
0: really is uh, I, I we can stick on nastic for a second because you know obviously you, you kind of mentioned the last couple of years have been crazy um you know there's been a lot of changes uh you know in in the industry there's just been a lot of changes to this country um what have you noticed for the you know for the small trucking company what about you know the last two years, what have you learned maybe about about the people that make up Nastic uh, coming out of these last couple of years?
1: Well, they're the greatest people in the world. I mean, a lot of them come from rural, rural communities, small towns, they're definitely Main Street, not Wall Street. They're not inside the beltway, so to speak. And they're down to earth, uh, straightforward, uh, hardworking folks. You have to be to do what they do. That's so mm. hard. One of the hardest jobs in America is is, is running a truck long. Yep. And uh, yeah, people, don't, that's why there's so much turnover in trucking. I think because people get into it and they see the appeal and it's romanticized to them by the recruiters and everything. They get into it and say, "My Lord, how can anybody do this?" Mm. And uh, say so they leave and go somewhere else. But, um, yeah, the the successful truck driver, one of the best things we do, we honor our 15 to 20 drivers of the year at our annual conference every year. And I get to spend a lot of time at the driver's meeting with guys that have three and four and five million actually free <laughs> miles. And I always ask them this one question I love to ask them is, how, number one, how did you do this? And the smartest answer I ever heard: This guy had three million accident-free miles. And uh, I said, "How did you, how in the world did you do that?" I was, if you think about it, three million accident-free miles is about twenty-five years running pretty hard mm-hmm. and never touching anything but the loading dock. Anyhow, he said, "Well, I left on time and I drove the speed limit." that <laughs> for wisdom? Yeah, <laughs> you know if you could put that in the manual <laughs> for successful truck driver, which is our topic, right? Yeah, leave on time and drive the speed limit. Yeah. You know, I would phrase it drive within the you know flow of traffic uh, because speed limits are are not uh, set in stone. There are certain times when it's not uh, appropriate to do sixty; it's mm. appropriate to do seventy. Mm. And we also know that it, that split speeds between trucks and cars creates accidents, doesn't solve mm-hmm. accidents. So, anyhow, that, yeah. that was the other question I always ask these guys is, um, you know, we talk about um, uh, the number of people that have accidents with trucks and, and the number of fatalities every year. And Uh, I asked them each, I said, I want you to just write down the number. How many lives do you save a week? How many accidents do you avoid? Because that's a statistic that never gets recorded, right? Mm. And all this talk about automated trucks and uh, uh, getting the driver out from behind the wheel and micromanaging the driver down because he's a liar dumb or whatever they big companies think they are instead of treating them like professionals at which they are. Um, a, a lot of that leads, leads, leads drivers into not becoming, uh, not becoming the professionals they need to be.
0: Mm.
1: Hmm. Wow. As you can
0: tell, I ramble quite a bit. No, so man, this is, you don't I'm wind telling me you up
1: and get me started. Cause I'll wander
0: off the reservation. Right? I might need to I tar- mean, I might need to start taking notes. Cause some of this will preach. <laughs> um yeah so i you know david i want to ask you just i want to know a little bit about your background in the trucking industry how did you get started was it before nastic or, or what what's your kind of you know truck you know your 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 journey into you know the truck driving story which you're obviously very much part of now as the president of nastic oh well,
1: that's
0: um, I'm not going to tell
1: you what I did for the first 40 years of my life. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was my, that was my first life. And it didn't have a, it was so far away from trucking. It's a joke. But I went to work for Data Network when I was about 40 mm. and I was old for that. I mean, it was an old man. They used to, they hired people your age and and, um, and people right out of college normally. And I was, I I I didn't realize I was one of the best salesmen in the world. So, but I, but I fell in love with what they sold, particularly their load posting, truck posting, uh, convoy product. And uh, anyhow, that's how I got introduced in trucking. Comdata has two customers, uh, casinos and trucking companies. And they sent, they had a comcheck, which was a money sending program, which mm-hmm. you're very aware of, I'm sure, and also uh, a load posting program. And I, and they sent um, in a phone program back then, but uh, I worked for them for three and a half years and worked my way up into national accounts. And when I when I got to national accounts, I was calling them their largest customers, guys with five hundred to five thousand trucks, and that's when the idea of Fanastic germinated with me. Uh, they were. The big guys really had all the advantages. They were buying fuel for 10% less than the small guys. They were they were buying trucks for 15, 20 percent, as you well know with Arrow, uh, that that they, they could, you know, when you buy 10 trucks, you get a better deal. Uh, matter of fact, they got a better deal on everything than the little guy, the guy with a handful of trucks. So I just I just started right taking notes and saying, well, you know, if I could get a bunch of these fragmented small guys all over the country and and get them somehow connected in a group i can do some of these same kind of programs that the big guys do and and that would help them compete and that's what we've done it's mm-hmm. really we we did we collected bargain, buying, advocacy um, and we have programs obviously like our drug and alcohol testing program, our professional drivers advantage program, our management safety program that have evolved as we've evolved. And all of them are gear, all of them are geared to help a family owned mm. small
0: entity compete. Mm. There's, I mean, you know, there's it's you don't want to call them the little guy because there's nothing little about what these guys are doing and what they're undertaking. Uh, Absolutely it's, not. you know, it's, if, here's,
1: there's something that really doesn't hit home very often. They, and the, and the sophisticated guys in tall buildings that have big, have a thousand trucks don't like to hear this, but the safest, most profitable business model in trucking is one guy, one truck.
0: Mm. Well, Hey, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <No. laughs>
1: I'm sorry. And I, and I know that for a fact because I, I did a study when CSA came out in 2010. I took all the big companies. There's 36 long-haul big companies, what I call mega fleets. And one of them was four times safer than the rest. Mm. And it was Landstar. And Landstar doesn't own any trucks. <laughs> They're made up of of capacity owners, one guy, one truck uh, entities, mostly. Mm. Uh, and, and they were... Four times 400 percent, or as far as fatalities, crashes, and property damage, four times uh, safer than their counterparts.
0: Do you do you think that's just because of that kind of that owner operator mentality? Because, because
1: an owner operator an can't afford to have an accident. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry,
0: no, they got their mortgage,
1: they're, they're hauling freight, but their mortgage is back there with it, you know? Yeah if they have a, if they have an accident, they're out of business
0: quite frankly. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. I just, I, yeah, I, I, I had a feeling that's where you would, you would, you would take it. So I was just curious, Um, you know, retention is kind of a big, you know, big topic here, you know, with driver shortages and, and wanting to keep, you know, and, and, retain your drivers um, out there. So um you know it's a big it's a big issue right now. What do you think the 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 companies that are that are retaining some drivers are doing right, and what do you think the ones that aren't are doing wrong? you
1: want me to just tell you, give you my secret sauce just <laughs> right <out of> the
0: <laughs> hey, you tell me as little <laughs> or as much you can speak in generalities if you would like i don't care hey, i get I'm telling everybody the okay
1: key, the <laughs> only advantage the only advantage small guys have over big guys the only one is drivers. Mm. They live with them. They're in rural America. Their, their companies are in Una and Smarna and a small town America where where a driver can live on $45,000 to $60,000 a year. Also, they, they find million mile drivers and they learn how to keep them. They structure their company around the driver. You know, uh, we call it a driver-centric company. So, and most of them is fairly simple formula. You put them in a well maintained truck. You they go out on Sunday night or Monday morning. You give them all the loaded, legal, profitable miles you can give them, and get them home on Friday afternoon for the football game. Mm. And you do it every week. You don't give them. Uh, you you give them consistent. Miles, consistent miles every week. In order to do that, you've got to keep your truck maintained, number one, and you've got to do a good job dispatching that truck and mm-hmm. finding them better paying freight and getting them home. Mm-hmm. And if you do mm-hmm. those things and treat them like I hate the expression, oh, we treat our drivers like human beings, like real human beings. How else would you treat somebody? Mm-hmm. I mean, really. Uh, it, it, but our guys, The driver is not only a part of the business family, they are the only revenue producer in that family. So they're number one. Everything's around that driver. When a small trucking company owner goes to work every morning, his job is to make that driver successful Mm. every day. Mm. Mm. That's great. That's the secret sauce.
0: (laughs) Treat people well. (laughs) it's <laughs> hey, just you know it's, it's older than the bible isn't it yeah but it's it, it'll preach man it'll preach david it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you love getting to hear what you guys are doing over at nastic really appreciative of your time thank you for spending some time with us today talking about all kinds of stuff
1: thanks for having me on i've enjoyed doing it
0: yeah it was it was what our again? pleasure yeah we will for sure i'm gonna i'm gonna bug you again for sure it, it was a pleasure speaking with you so call me anytime yep. Yep. thank yep. you Yep, that's going to do it for this episode of the Successful Driver podcast. Thank you to David Owen, president of Nastic. We'll talk to you later.